Hello and welcome back to The Table, Conversations on Youth Justice. I am your host as always, Hussein Hadri, but today we have a few special guests, none more special than Michaela Jones. If you've been following our social media or our newsletter over the past year, you know all about Michaela's work. She is MCYJ's Communications Coordinator. Hi, Hussein. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm grateful to be here. On this month's episode, we are talking to two people who have dedicated their careers to juvenile justice. Through the interviews you hear today, Michaela will make the pitch, why juvenile justice and why today? Why now? To lay the groundwork, many people consider juvenile justice as a career, but for one reason or another, they choose to go a different direction. Might be the emotional weight of the work, doesn't pay well, or whatever it is. But there are a lot of really good people that choose this career anyway. Why is that? So today we're going to talk to two people, Judge Karen Braxton from Wayne County and MCYJ's Executive Director, Jason Smith. They make the pitch. They tell you how they got to where they are today in this career of juvenile justice. And they tell you why they chose juvenile justice. And maybe they didn't choose it. Maybe juvenile justice chose them. With all that being said, I will give it away to Michaela. She did a great job with this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you again for the introduction, Hussein, and for the opportunity to dig more into the why of juvenile justice. Today, we will explore the reason why juvenile justice has connected with our two guests, including how they found their way to juvenile justice, or in some cases, how juvenile justice found them. We will also hear how juvenile justice could align with your own professional journey. Our two guests today are no stranger to juvenile justice. Combined, they have over 20 years of experience in the field. This is what Judge Braxton told us about her journey to juvenile justice work in the family court and what her work entails. All right, I am one of six judges in the juvenile section of the Wayne County bench. Um, all of us hear a what we call a blended docket. So we hear abuse and neglect cases, or sometimes they're called dependency. And we also hear juvenile delinquency cases. Um, juvenile delinquency are the cases where our youth are charged with a crime and we can take our children up until their now 18th birthday um, since the laws have changed, but we can maintain jurisdiction until their 19th or their 21st birthday, depending on the type of charge it is. Um, we also deal with the dependency or child abuse and neglect cases, and that's when the parents have done something inappropriate or maybe they forgot to do something that they should have done, and we are adjudicating those matters to address um, whether their rights should be terminated, and if so, should it be on a temporary basis um, or in, on a permanent basis. We also do adoptions, guardianships, child custody cases. Um, I think that covers the gamut of it. In a general week, one, um, we are the busiest court in the state of Michigan. So we do have the highest volume of cases of any other um, circuit court within the state of Michigan. Um, in, a, in any given week, we might just have some review hearings where we are reviewing the status of some of our cases on both sides, whether it's the dependency or the delinquency cases. Um, on a week like this week, we might be involved in a trial. Um, and this week I did a case where we had a deceased child and I was addressing the um, termination of the parental rights as it related to the remaining children that were previously in the home when the child was um, found deceased. So there's no set way that our dockets go. We are all 
flexible to set our dockets based on the caseloads that we have, um, the severe nature of the cases. So this week I only did the trial because it required my attention um, for hmm, two days. And we went strong for two complete days for this trial. On those other days, I did some other review hearings. Um, but all of us set our dockets differently, but we're doing these same types of cases throughout the week. I'm looking forward to revealing some of our conversations with Judge Braxton and Jason Smith because they both share their passion for their work, and it's deeper than simply a job description written on paper. It's a connection with the justice-impacted young person, their story, and their future that shines through both Judge Braxton and Jason Smith. Before we jump into the interviews, I want to tell you about myself. In my job, I find ways to help our supporters develop a human connection with justice-impacted people by creating graphic representations of data that show how various groups are affected by the current juvenile justice system and breaking down the language and policy surrounding Michigan's JJ system so that it's easier for folks to understand. I also provide ways that our supporters can take action and aid in our mission of improving the JJ system. But at MCYJ, we don't do direct service work, which is why it's so important to hear from people like Judge Braxton, who talk to justice-impacted youth and families regularly. Jason's journey to youth justice took an unconventional path. Take a listen. All of my uh, work experience has been in the field of, of juvenile justice or working with at-risk youth. Start, it started with an internship with the Ingham County Juvenile Court. I just went to a job fair and uh, talked to someone who had a, 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 a table there uh, from the court and, and like really uh, it piqued my interest. Particularly, um, you know, I, I think uh, growing up, I had, I've had i had the privilege of having uh, adults in my life, whether it was my parents or school social workers, um, people who really supported me and believed in my ability uh, to succeed. And I wanted to be that um, for young people who, who need that additional support. Um, there was something about uh, uh, teenagers specifically in, in the juvenile justice system that are kind of at a fork in the road, 16, 17 year olds, that I really um, took an interest in working with that population specifically, you know, helping young people who are uh, transitioning to adulthood um, succeed. And so from that internship, uh, again, all of the, the work I did was uh, directly involved with uh, young people in the juvenile justice system. I worked at a transitional living home for girls who were adjudicated in the juvenile justice system in Lansing. I worked as a juvenile case manager in the Wayne County juvenile justice system for a couple of years. Um, I then went to uh, grad school, uh, the University of Michigan's uh, School of Social Work program, because I, you know, realized that I didn't want to necessarily be um, a, a probation officer or that on that side of the juvenile justice system where I'm uh, in charge of, of punitive measures to a certain extent, along with the the, the treatment stuff, um, and really wanted to focus on. Um, providing therapeutic intervention. So when I, when I first went to grad school, I, my goal was to be a therapist, a clinical therapist uh, that works with justice-involved youth, maybe kids who were court-ordered to participate in therapy um, so that I could still work with that population, but more in the on the therapeutic side. Um, just over time and learning. Sorry, oh. sorry to cut you off, but what is that? You said the therapeutic side. What does that actually entail? 
you're meeting with the you're meeting with the kids and all that yeah just if um if they were court ordered or or if they just realized them and their family that they they would benefit from individual counseling or family counseling that I would provide that I specifically was interested in working with with black youth black males um and and uh, just their a therapeutic clinical intervention and even went as far as getting my clinical license too uh, to provide therapy um while I was in uh the MSW program I uh, had classmates who had um, policy internships, and then I met someone uh, who was doing an internship at the Michigan Council on Crime and Delinquency, which is now the Michigan Center for Youth Justice. And I was really intrigued by that. I had no idea that there was a such thing as policy advocacy back then uh, or justice reform advocacy. And I just threw my hat in the ring, actually switched field placements when an opportunity became available um to to work or do my field at at mcyj or mccd at the time and from there was just hooked you know like um knew that i wanted to do advocacy use the background that i had um from working in the field uh directly to inform um reform work and uh, when I graduated, I moved to Chicago for a, a, a while, but stayed in touch with the advocacy community, participated in a national fellowship for young professionals of color. I was, I was young back then uh, uh, that were interested or just starting uh, their um, career in, in juvenile justice reform. And an opportunity came, uh, uh, like my whole goal was to move back to Michigan um, to work at MCYJ. And uh, an opportunity presented itself for us to move back. I, I took a job working um, for the Washington County uh, Community Mental Health System um, in their uh, Children's Services Department um, and did that for a little a, a little less than a year. And um, yeah, the, my former supervisor at the time um, here at MCYJ uh, said that there was an opportunity for me to start uh, or, or to work here. And so I, I made the transition and I've been here for about nine years now. I started off as a policy associate. Um, you know, I did uh, a lot of like the comms work back then and, and a lot of uh, individual project coordination and uh, helped with event planning. Um, and then uh, eventually transitioned to being the policy director and the lead legislative advocate and uh, became the executive director a couple of years ago, two years ago. One of the points Jason mentions about wanting to work with youth was really interesting. He mentioned that he wanted to do for other young people what was done for him. It is interesting how people early in our lives can influence us or inspire us to head in a certain direction. The kind, supportive actions shown to Jason when he was young encouraged him to pay it forward through his work with MCYJ. Judge Braxton told us some stories about the role she has played in the lives of many youth passing through her courtroom. When you're working with kids, one of the, the, the differences in the juvenile court um, as compared and contrasted to other courts is that we review our cases every 90 days. So then the adult system, a person goes on probation, you go to sentencing that day, they get sentenced to that probation and you never see that person again, unless somehow you are attached to a violation that they may have. For our kids, if we have what we call an adjudication, um, and we don't call it sentencing, we do disposition. So if they take a plea or they're found guilty, that's the adjudication. And then we sentence them or do their disposition. That's when we start our relationship with that kid. 
And we may see that kid for a year, two years. We don't know how long it is. We try to support them as long as they need the support and the family needs that support. So as much as you want to distance yourself from these children, sometimes you're watching them grow up. You are watching them mature. You are watching them experience positive things in their lives. You're watching them experience negative things. Um, they may come in and share about a death of a close family member. And we have to have enough empathy at that point to say, well, maybe today is not a good day to have your court hearing because you're not going to really engage the right way I would like you to engage or the way that we're used to engaging. So I think if you work in juvenile law, we work really hard to distance ourselves and not take this home. But in reality, if you're actually passionate about the work, it comes home with you because you can't let it go even when you walk out of your office or you end that hearing. These kids become a part of your life. And my kids, and they're called my kids in court, I share that with my parents. Is For a moment in time, we are going to share your child. And they will hear me say, my kid, and my kid is this, and my kid is that. Those are not my two biological children. These are the kids that I have in court. Because if we start to look at them the same way that we look at our own kids, then we will want the same things for them that we want for our children that reside with us. So I try, but it's not always a success story to keep um, this, my personal kind of, this whole juvenile system out of my personal life because now these kids have become a part of my life. Each kid that Judge Braxton helps shares a special space in her heart. It's obvious from the way that Judge Braxton talks about juvenile justice that she really cares about kids and their futures. Hussein makes a point of asking anyone that comes on the show why they work in JJ and if they would recommend the career to others. We asked Judge Braxton and Jason to make the pitch and what advice they would give to those considering JJ or a similar field. Here's what Jason, MCYJ's ED, said. I think if you have a passion for helping young people um, and uh, want to see them succeed, want to, uh, especially for kids who are at risk or, or involved with the juvenile justice system, want to help them change their trajectory so that uh, they don't, uh, that they have the best outcomes possible, um, that um, I would encourage folks to, to uh, get involved with the juvenile justice system. They need more um, people who are passionate about helping young people hold them accountable. You know, I think that accountability for a young person's action is a key component of positive youth development, understanding to be accountable for your your, your actions and your behavior. But with the whole goal in mind and, and helping them succeed and thrive uh, when they become adults, um, there, there's a there's a, a benefit from more of those folks uh, entering the, this work, whether it's um, working directly in the, in the juvenile justice system or as a court professional or probation officer or, you know, a treatment provider that uh, supports young people who are court involved or justice involved in some way. Um, I would never steer anyone away from it. It, it, it definitely shaped my uh, experience as an advocate working uh, in, in the system. And, you know, it's been, you know, a lot of the folks that um, were uh, my colleagues or, or my supervisors, uh, direct supervisors, when I uh, worked in the juvenile justice system are now in leadership positions. And so, um, it allows me, you know, as the executive director um, and, you know, someone who works with a lot of our external partners to have really strong relationships with the people who are making uh, a lot of the decisions now in, in the juvenile justice system. Um, so 
I would say, you know, again, like I said about the interns and new staff coming on to MCYJ, uh, it's okay if you're not an expert in, in uh, the juvenile justice system. Um, that comes with time. The key is the, the willingness to learn, but also the passion to help young people. That's the most important thing. Judge Braxton's take was really surprising. So it's not going to be a popular view, but if you're on the fence about juvenile law, don't come. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Juvenile law is rough. It pulls on your heartstrings every single day. You want to save every kid that comes before you and you can't. I'm um, in the very beginning. My goal was to save every kid on my docket. A couple of months later, I was like, well, maybe half of them. A couple of months later, I was like, well, maybe, you know, one a week. Now I'm just kind of like, if I can do one a month, I'm doing okay. It is a thankless job. It is a t just very tough position to put yourself in because your emotions are here, but technically they shouldn't be here. But on the inside, sometimes your heart is bleeding for the children that come before you or that you would encounter in any way, shape or form. So if you're not sure, this probably isn't the job for you. Um, if you get in it and it's not it, then walk away because we have children's lives in our hands on a regular basis. And it probably for most people doesn't resonate that way. But when we talk about, let's say Wayne circuit court, um, the joke is that the juvenile court is the stepchild of Wayne circuit. But we like to say we are the most important division in Wayne circuit because we are dealing with the most vulnerable child, uh, population, which is our children. We don't get the attention. We don't get the recognition. So if you're in this for kind of the, the fanfare of it all, you're not going to get it. If you're in it for money, oh boy, you're going to be very surprised when you see that as well. Everybody that's in it and stays in it is in it because of their passion and then it becomes enough for you. And, and it was interesting that it came from Oprah Winfrey, but years ago, she said, you will never make enough money if you're not doing something that you love. And if you don't love juvenile work, you're, you're looking for the money. If you actually love juvenile work, you're going to ignore what you're not making, and you're going to put some value on the successes of every child that you were able to save or have some involvement in changing their lives. So it's not a great view, but I don't sugarcoat it with my kids and I don't sugarcoat it with anybody else. If you're not sure and you don't think you have the passion, then leave it to those who do. There are tons of other fields to work in, but this one is not for the weak of heart or the faint of heart. This one is for people who are in the trenches, ready to do this every day, ready to be emotionally overwhelmed, um, burned out on a regular basis, and we still come back to do it for our kids the next day. Although Jason and Judge Braxton had very different answers, they allude to the same ongoing theme. Although it may have its challenges and setbacks, if you have the passion for juvenile justice, nothing compares to being a part of transformative change that positively affects justice-impacted kids and their families. After talking to Judge Karen Braxton and Jason Smith, it opened my eyes to the dedication and range of emotions that comes with this work. As previously mentioned, 
Yes, it can be exhausting. And yes, sometimes you may not get what you wanted to accomplish done in the time frame that you would have liked. But at the end of the day, those small things do not matter if you have a strong drive towards the work. What matters is being able to have even the simplest positive impact on a justice-involved individual. That value is immeasurable. That's our show today. Thank you for tuning in. If you have questions, don't hesitate to write in. And if you want to get to know more about Michaela, visit our website for our staff page or our social media, which she's responsible for. For more information about the podcast and the show notes from this episode, check out our show page at miyouthjustice.org forward slash the table. This show is written and produced by me, St. Hadri. Our theme music is Wasted Education by Blue Topaz. This show is the copyrighted work of the Michigan Center for Youth Justice. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We'll talk to you next month.